Can we go back to Shaftim today? Let's go back to the Pusik that describes the conquest of Kiria Sefer because there is a lot going on behind the scenes. Almost nothing is Pashup Shah, although Perik Aleph Pasuk Yudbez. We saw some of these Pesukim already, but I promise to go back to the Gemara. We're in the middle of the Gemara and Tamur, which we will continue soon. So, Chazal say, this is a repetition of a Pasuk in Yeshua, and we've had many of these already, and there's no repetition, so obviously each new Pasuk is to tell us something new. And Kalev, despite his advanced age, had no issue conquering many things. He still had his kaychis, and Lachari he wouldn't need help, particularly in Kiryas Sefer. And the fact that Kiryas Sefer is called Kiryas Sefer, as in the name Kiryas Sefer today is named after the city, tells you something to do with learning. And again, a Kiryas and Depshutoi, and he perhaps conquered it, but the Gemara, as you saw a few weeks ago, learns out, the Gemara in Tamura, that there were halachas forgotten, and Asniel ben Kanaz came, his mochama was the mochamta shotera, and with his lamdus and his amelus and his asmada, not that Kalev didn't have that, but Asniel ben Kanaz was considered uh, the best of the generation, and he brought these halachas back, even though... They originally asked Yeshua Benun to bring them back, and he said, Lo b'shamayim he, and the tkufa of Messina Satera ended with Moshe Rabbeinu. As he saw, and now you either have to figure it out or you're not going to have it. And the reason why Kalev was not afraid, the Gemara has a list of people who took a risk offering rewards for battle and the like, Eliezer, picking a wife and shawl and choosing a warrior to fight the Goliath. It was a risk, and it worked out, Baruch Hashem, very well. Over here, it wasn't a risk. Anybody who can bring back these alochas is fit for, to be my son-in-law, color thought, and he was correct. And Mamela, if it goes with the Pashup Shat, that he can also win the battle, then he does both, and that shows his chusim. And if he's enough of a lamdin, he's going to be fit to come into Klai Yisrael and to marry to the family. So that's the orphan of Satilas Achsa Biti Leisha. And it, what was that? The Gemara actually has some examples. The Chata Shemesa is a big one here. We'll get back to the Gemara in a minute. Yeah, 3,000 halachas doesn't mean 3,000 mitzvahs. We only have 613. So, it, right, so if you, as you know, if you look at a sugya, each halacha, each din, can have 10,000 details. So these are very fine details, lumpish points, but everything is important. And as they're going over the sugya, they realize there was lack of clarity. Today, we would call that, well, we have a sugya and meshpatam, a sugya, babakama. And as, when you finish with shir, you have about 3,000 chakiras. And we have rayas, don't have rayas. That's the skatnu aderis, the shichas but we have the power of Lamdis to try to prove that's the godless, the Teresh Ped. Hashem designed it this way, that you can always figure it out. You might have to fight and rack your head and bring rayas and have kashas and maybe have a and disagreement, but you're in the process of figuring it out. 
Um, everything needs a raya or needs a seichel yasha based on the rayas that you have. The famous Maisa, Rabbi Chaim was very annoyed with himself. He had forgotten a point in a thesis somewhere. And he was very annoyed. And one Tamidim pointed out that yeah, anybody can forget something. It's impossible. They had 10 billion details. So he said, I'm not upset that I forgot the point in thesis. Everybody's human. I am annoyed that the svara I said was connected svara's tesis, and that my mind isn't thinking straight enough that I shouldn't have said such a svara. There's a difference. Okay, it's still only for Abhaim, but the, the point is important. Yeah, this training yourself how to how to think. And Asniel was able to do it. Next pasuk, you get Gimel. Asniel ben Kanaz achi imenu. The half brothers will see soon. So here's where it gets very interesting. She was obviously a Heligat Sadeka to marry the God Ladar, daughter of Kalev, brought up in a house, total involvement in Torah and Ruchnius. I'm reminding everybody of that before we get to the next conversation of the Gemara reports. And she first asked her husband, Asniel ben Kanaz, to make this request. He didn't want to, understandably. Understandably, she didn't want to either. Uh, but there are a thousand and one gradations in what we're about to describe. And it's a topic that is Baruch Hashem very nageyam. In Europe, you had to be echad me elef alfe elef and to be zechad yod yeshiv in the first place. And to learn afterwards and to be in a kailal, it's not like it is today. Money was very scarce and everybody was starving, almost everybody. And um, uh, we discussed this at the table yesterday in a different context. And Aryeh said, that couldn't be everybody was so poor. I said, everybody was so poor. There were gvirim in the bigger cities, the industrial cities in Lodz, Warsaw, that had some gvirim. But by and large, I used to have conversations with a Yid who grew up in Hungary. It wasn't so long ago, and Baruch Hashem is still alive. It will be for another few decades. Saved by Wallenberg in one of his glass houses. But he remembers, and he used to tell me, he was in Hungary already, was wealthier than Lithuania and Poland. And uh, he told me in his class, in his cheder, they had seven, eight boys. It was a small operation. And I think he said of the seven boys, five didn't have shoes. He was one of the two who had. Hard to, it's hard for us to identify. Uh, didn't have shoes. They came every morning and they didn't have shoes. This is in Hungary already. So, yeah, there were, there were some gvirim, but uh, there was a lot of poverty. And they still managed to come home after a backbreaking labor of carrying water or uh, taxing people in their agolo, whatever they were doing, and uh, cobblers, and they, uh, they learned as much as they could. The luxury we have today, because we need it. And after a war or two and pogroms, that we need it. And Hashem's giving us a luxury, but we have to capitalize on it. And the balance that we're going to discuss now between Achsa and Asniel in the conversation with her father about I need a field that can produce more grain and this is very rocky, this area is around Hebron and I need a little help has to be understood in the context with dealing with Achsa who is a tremendous sadekist, Harayish is willing to marry Asniel ben Kanaz. Uh, just remember that in another five minutes when we read the Gemara because you can read the Gemara wrong and you can butcher any Gemara if you uh, don't have a proper Chaim and don't know the background. Everything's relative with that said, everybody's got to find their place on their madrega, what the balance is going to be in their life between their ruchnius and their and their materialism and their giving up. 
And it all ends up being a cheshpin quite often in how much time do you have to learn. This can't be overstated. No matter what you do, whether you're learning full-time, whether you're kaveit, it's going to boil down to how much your style is for panasa, and we're in the madrega, most people are doing some form, and not man min shamayim, even though Yirmiya tried to remind the people with its tzitzenes haman. And we spoke about it last night in, uh, in Passaic. I started giving the introduction, and I said I had one guy at my perm suda who was fairly uh, under the influence which is, you know, the theme of the day. I didn't have a problem with it. But he was a good, this is where the Bir talks about not getting drunk if it's going to be hilalist and it's going to, you know, from previous experience, you're going to miss my if you're not going to bench, or it's going to get out of hand, you're going to insult people, then you shouldn't. And if you're going to handle it, you should. This guy's handling it very well. He dashed in for three hours with the same kashi he kept hocking. Why did they put Haman in a jar? Why they have the Senate's Haman? And he kept hocking and hocking. And I tried to convince him. It wasn't Senate's Haman, it was con- Sincenis Hamon, but I couldn't convince him. I don't know why. Uh, just introduction, Mishnah Nechazader, you know, and uh, so I mentioned this uh, last night, and uh, I still couldn't convince him. I met the guy um, you know, years later, and uh, he's still working on that kasha. And he had a good mahalach, by the way, in his state. Uh, he had a good lumdus, why they put him in there, and he deserved it, and, and he did deserve it. Uh, but that's for Perm. You'll come over, maybe I'll share with you some of the mahalachim. But Yirmiyot took out the Tzitzenes Haman, and he reminded the people, and Halodavar, who the only one time in history Rashi says they did this, is Yirmiyot, when everything was falling apart, they're about to have a korban, they were very poor, the country was conquered, they couldn't grow anything. Every time they did, the enemy would come and either grab it or burn it down. And he's taken the sentence once. Well, he says, you got to learn more. You can't work so hard. That's the biggest chiddush. Yirmiya was showing them this. It was always available to see, but he took it out and showed it to people. So that's a big achrayas for us where we live in an age no one's starving. And it's a question of how much luxury. And it goes back uh, not that far. My shvigar still tells me. She likes to remind everybody. Uh, not out of gaiva, out of just understanding what we have, that she was uh, one of the first to be learning in Lakewood. I swear I was learning. She was uh, working hard, so was he learning. And they used to um, buy bread that was not so fresh. In America, Lakewood, New Jersey. <coughs> Who does that? Stale, half stale. Says, you put it in the toaster oven, it's fine, she said. They don't have microwaves then. It's just fine. She even brought me a rice. Says people take fresh bread and make it hard. They put it in the toaster. Hello, Doverhu. So I didn't ever have to do that. So everything is well. That's people around today. You all know them, and you know it's not so long ago. And everything is relative. You can imagine if she's putting in a request and asking her husband, and her husband doesn't want to because he's a malach and she's close to it, but she's trying to support the yeshiva. He's running a whole yeshiva over here. So there's always that balance. Uh, how practical? What do you really need? What don't you need? And she's going to make the request. And her father is Kalev, the Godlodar also. She's going to make the request. Not comfortable, but she's going to put it in and he's going to decide. What his answer was will be seen in a few minutes. Let's see the Pesach first. Again, Yudal, Vahi, Bavayev, Tisiseo, Lishom, Esavia, Sadav, Titznach, Malach, Hamar. She, well, right now, she jumped off the Hamar. The word Titznach is... Unusual. The Gemara is going to die. And Kalev said, what can I do for you? I need a more fertile area. She, she got a nod done. He got a nod done. He gave something. Kalev was a well-to-do person. He was well-to-do. He was around for a long time. He conquered a lot of land, but he didn't throw around money. You know, there's a, 
I know of many maizalach of people who, and this is not younger generations hear this, including myself, and they think there's a guy stingy, there's something wrong with him, it's a war mentality, no. Uh, there are people in Kvirim who used to take, uh, I can think of a couple, used to take buses, places, trains. You know, nobody who would do that today. So um, he was asked on occasion, he said, why do you do that? He said, I work for this money. I didn't yarshin it. I, didn't, <laughs> I worked hard for this. So Kalev uh, is not, uh, he's as generous as anybody would, the most perfect midis you can imagine. He wants to help his children, and he's going to help maybe, going to one mandama, or he's not going to help, and that'll be his help in the training. What we give to others, give to the kids, is a big, big decision because it's a decision of what can you afford, and it's also a decision how much do you want to spoil them. We're talking about when they're small, so they get used to being somewhat accountable for something so that if they want to learn, they know how to be frugal. And everybody has to want to learn. So that's a balance. That's a, this is a difficult, everybody deals with this. If you're not dealing with this, you're not alive, or you're not learning enough. One of the two. Because every dollar spent, the Chavetz Chaim, who never had any money in the first place, but he uh, once saw his daughter. This is a madrega. I wouldn't uh, give Musa to your daughter for this. But his daughter bought a leather-bound, uh, got a leather-bound, uh, she got it in this story, a leather-bound sitter. No, leather-bound sitter, that's like, Derech Agav, as you're walking down Rechav Meish Arm, we pick up six of them in case somebody might want one back home. You know, that's the pocket change. You know that, and then we pick up some olive wood and the, you know some shtendes. Yeah, well, yeah, just that's just in the afternoon spazir. So Chavos Chaim, she was married at the time. Her husband was a huge Talmud Chacham. He said, you know, it's like wrapping a sitter in blot gemara. That's very jarring, <laughs> but he meant it. It's very beautiful, but. Uh, we can't afford any of this, neither can he. Uh, how many hours of learning do you have to give up to pay for that? That's a tall order in speaking, giving a shear in an affluent society where I'm looking out the window and there are a couple of houses more than 900 square feet. Are more than 900 square feet, no? I think, what? You're in the business, what? <laughs> you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Uh, so, it's beautiful. The uh, question is, um, who's paying, what's paying, and um, how much Mr. is that? It's not a tight on anybody. This is, a, this is a decision almost every day, what we're doing and how we're training the next generation and what we're giving up, and the Hashiva Satur, what we're giving it up for. So she's married to the biggest Lamda Ladur, the daughter of this, probably the second biggest Lamda Ladur, uh, surrounded by Tzadikim, and she's a lady, no doubt, who's holding what she meant to Slusim. And she, after all that, she said, my husband uh, is learning 18 hours a day and he's got a yeshiva and there are 700 bachrim and all these people have not a penny to their name because they're all, half of them are gerim from Yericho, from Bnei Yisrael. So like nobody has any, they don't even have their own nachla. So nobody came with any money over here. And there's no sugar daddy except for Kalev and she's going to make a request. The question is, what's the answer? Yes. That's a very interesting question. This is, yeah, <laughs> so that's part of the issue. Settling the land, why did we get Bezos Mitzrayim? We're still in these parishes. Why did we get Bezos? It's such a central theme. Shalayim, it's decided to got Bezos Mitzrayim twice when we left. And by Kriyas Yamsuf, more, Kifle Kiflayim. And yes, they were loaded, loaded down, laden down, loaded, and as they would say, startup nation, you need a few trillion dollars for a startup nation. They didn't have to pay for dry cleaning. Uh, 40 years was very, that's the model of the man. They had man, they had anonym, the shoes grew with them. It's not, they didn't have to waste a minute, waste a penny. 
the God takes Israel. I'll strengthen you, Kasha. The God takes Israel. I'm saying startup nation. Bought the millennium cult. They didn't even have to build cities. They got it. Everything was mamish. Every infrastructure, like Galore, the the ship, I'm in. This is like a sophisticated place. So it wasn't a barren. Huh? This is Mark Twain's uh, description of a place is built up. So it's a good question. So what happened? So this is a long time after that. And what happened was, and the Mepharshim say this. Not, they, they say that they had the money when they came in. They settled Ishtachas Gafnoi, and they. This is now almost a second round of conquest because remember I keep comparing it. Yeshua did a lot of it. Many years. No, we're, we're, we're over 100 years into it. And we're, 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 we're not, uh, this is uh, not 100 years, Kali's still alive, but we're, we're many, many decades in. And we're, we're at a matzah where the cities, the Mepharshim happened to make this comment, so I'm glad you asked it to bring it out. The cities were there. And picture America, you know, you got a nice infrastructure, but the highways and the bridges and the, things get old. Now, it's Israel then, it was built out of real stone, so it didn't get old as quickly, but. It needed a facelift, and they didn't even finish conquering everything. And the Goyim in Shaftim in Perak Aleph, that's why we're almost reconquering some of it, according to some of the pushed back. So there were a lot of skirmishes, a lot of battles. That means they're burning down fields. There was, at this point in time, they're spending money. They're spending money building up cities, new areas they're conquering. Uh, the conquering areas that weren't built up. This is a suburb of Hebron already. This is not the city. They have a lot of people, and the people are growing. Hashem's plan was not to conquer everything at once because you got to grow into it, but you also got to develop the lands you're doing. So at this point, they're spending money. They're spending a lot of money, and Kalev had, and some of Hashem say he said yes to this request, which is fine. Well, see, the Gemara has one side that he could have said yes, but he didn't, and that's the powerful point over here, is that he's going to tell her you're married to the uh, best guy in yeshiva. He's the Gadol Adar, he's the Yeshiva Adar, and he's going to have Siat Shmaya, you won't need this. And he doesn't give it to her. So we would say, well, does he have it? Doesn't he have it? That's not the question always, does he have it, doesn't he have it. The question is, does he have it and need it to be spent? That's two different issues. It's not a question of being stingy. It's a question of, if it needs to be spent, spend it. This is the best thing you can do with your money, you spend it on terror. And uh, make the kids uh, as comfortable as they need to be for the Yishev Adas, it's Gavaldic. But then you also have to know, to stretch it as far as you can, uh, the leather-bound sitter is wonderful, and not at the expense of an hour of learning or five minutes of learning. And you have to know where you're holding. You have to know that balance. And you can't answer that question 20 minutes in a subtopic in a shear. You have to raise the awareness that Tamateria connected Kulam, which people know, but you've got to internalize that. And the Gashmias is today a thousand Madregas higher than it was even a generation ago, certainly in Europe with all poverty-stricken, and you got to know who you are. No, we're not going to do well with the Brock not that long ago, a few decades ago. Uh, Rav Chaim still didn't have air conditioning. It was getting unhealthy. B'nai Brock is very hot in the summer and spring and the fall. Um, it's stifling, and all you get like hard to breathe. So now there's air conditioning, um, at least in the main study. But the stifler didn't have air conditioning his, his whole life, and uh, that's the way it was. And they grew up in Europe. We're not, we're not holding there. But you have to figure out how much to start loose, and every time you spend time on that, it takes away from learning how much money do you really need. That's a very individual answer, but needs hadracha. So she came and asked. So what was the answer? Let's read the Pasuk first. Time Allah I need so Pashup Shadi Eretz and Negev is I have a very arid piece of 
land, the area is very dry and it can't really grow that much. And we got to support the family, the yeshiva. She was the executive director. So I need a more fertile area with irrigation built in. The Pasuk says he gave her as gulas, elizabeth, gulas, tachtis, and they had a stream going through and that irrigation and everything was fine. Okay, take a look at Rashi in Tezvav. Eretz Hanege. So Rashi brings to the Gemara, which we'll go back to in a moment. Adam Shebeso Manugav Michaltov. Eretz Hanege, not referring to the land, referring to a person who has no Sheikhis to Gashmias. Dried up meaning there's no Michaltov, there's no Gashmias here. Shame by Elatera, which is Asneel Bankanaz. Gulas Mayim, Sedei Be Sabal, Asabe Shaki Damaya. So Rashi goes with the Pashib shot that her taina was, I'm, I'm more than fine with it, I'm thrilled that I was echa to this, but I gotta run the house and the yeshiva and the finances, can I have another field that'll give a bigger yield? And Kalif said, yes, because her taina was, my husband has no sheikh to this, nor should he, I don't want him in the best, I want him in the best manager's not here. Uh, we need another field or two, and Kalif had it, and he gave it, wonderful. Take a look now back at the Gemara. You have in front of you the Gemara Tamura? Maybe we took a copy? Did we run out? There's on the stender here. So we were midway through the Gemara. The first part of the Gemara was about the Lord of Shemayim. Here are the things they forgot. And we left off on Tezayim and Aleph in Tamura. One, two, three lines before the lines get wide. Masnisin. Tanoa Aleph Shvameis. And they were very nervous that would forget the details. Before we see the riot, take a look at Rashi, about halfway down on the right side. What are Dikduke Sefrim? They made mnemonic devices and ways how to remember things and how to put lists together and how to organize it. And organizing is not just about remembering, it's about <coughs> knowing what sugi has to do with the other one and understanding it. Gan Tesvav Nashem Paturis Pachasur Asayim, Yud Gimel Dvarim Namu Benivlas So they have different lists and it is an aid for memory, but it's also a grouping to understand where it fits in. Hamisha Lo Yitrimu Shatsifra Dvarim Amonam Yachar Shalayishtachu Me'osin Diktukim Shadayin Lo Tzirfim This is a very interesting Rashi, historically. Says they were making these lists because they came out from the midbar, they came into it, so and they wanted a system where they'd be able to pass on the maserim, and they couldn't organize everything at once and teach everything. So in the middle, there were things forgotten as they were settled in the land. They were preoccupied and they were working, and it was that it was an adjustment. And the b'me'evla shomisha, they were also tzabrochin, and the parts that weren't put together in these lists, nishtachu b'me'evla shomisha. That means you got to write things down quickly and organize it in your head quickly before it's forgotten. And Asneel brought it back. First line in the wide lines. Where do we see that? The Pasuk Shanamra, Yokot Asneel Ben Kanaz, Achi Kalev, Itnos Asa Bita Leisha. Lama Nikra Shema Achsa, Shakalaroyasa, Kayas Alishta. We saw Machalis Rashi and Taisis, Kayas Alishta, because of the kin or because of the kin the other direction. She was such a tsunua that the case at least that she wasn't keeping the same level of sneas. Vahi Bavaya, the Sayalisha Me Savia, Sada Titsnach Malchamar. Maiva Titsnach, unusual word. Amrava Amrabitsa Amrala Machamar Zesh. She said this about herself. Very self depreciating. She said this just like a Hamar, Kivan Sha'ain La Michael Ba'avusa Miyat Sayek. 
you think the Gemara is saying that about it. She, she was telling, explaining this to her father. He said, look, my husband's a Malach Kim. I might be in a very high madrega, but I need to be able to run the house, and there's nothing in the cupboard. That's not a criticism she said about herself. She said, I'm just not on the madrega. I'm on a very high madrega, but I'm not my husband. A timer. So she asked, Tanali Brocha, Nasati, Nisanani, uh, the drush over here is that Pashat is that it was a dry field, and the drush is that my husband is not Ba'ilam Hazer, which he wasn't Kimat, and he doesn't really care if there's some morsels around. And again, she was on High Madrega, but she felt she couldn't handle this amount. Satligula's Mayam Adam Shemba Teira. Mayam is Teira. He only has terrible vad. The Eatinla, so what was the answer? Eatinla Kalev as Gulas, Elias as Gulas Tartias. So Rashi brings down from the Targum Pashashas, he gave her an area up there, down here, and there's a nice stream, it was irrigating, and now we had crops growing, and it was a little better. Luxury it wasn't. Remember, he put the yeshiva in the middle of the Negev. So this is not uh, luxurious. This wasn't, but now she at least could grow something. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it fits in very well. Her pitch... Well, she was claiming... She was doing that. That's what I'm saying. Don't, we shouldn't take away from her madrega. She was doing this to be able to, to support the family. She wasn't looking for luxury. If she was, she wouldn't have married us. Neil But it could be her jumping point, her pitch, was from, we need some chumriyas to be... And we do. Everybody's masking that. The shayla is... What madrega? How relative? Where you're holding? And she, where her taina was, my husband's more malach than men, and I need something, and it's on me, and therefore I'm happy to cultivate it, get up at four in the morning, grow it, but I need some irrigation, which by our standards is a very reasonable request. And Rashi does bring down the targum that the answer was yes. I have it, Baruch Hashem, I'll give it to you. I'm happy to share it. I'm thrilled with my son-in-law, and here it is. The Gemara... Going to this, Mandamar reads a very different answer. Amalah, Misha Dar Alyanim. Now, the gears over here, if you look at the Dalid, in the, there are a few different gears, they all mean the same thing, but look at Dalid and the Bach on the right side. Misha Kol Roze Ha'ilam, person who has uh, insights into all the secrets of the world, meaning he knows Kala Tarakula and Nigla and Nister. Yavakesh Emena Mezainis, he says, I. You don't need mizainus. You don't need for him. And basically told her, don't worry, you're not going to starve and you have nothing to worry about because he has so much siyat shmaya, you won't need it. So she probably intellectually understood that in the first place, but she understood or misunderstood that, yes, we won't need it in his chus, and I'm coming to ask in his chus, but why have it rained down in You have the field, which we can understand such an argument, his argument is, no, he's so great, he, I promise you, this won't be necessary. It's just going to, every day you're going to have Mamash Mayim, which is a higher Madrega, Lamaisa, not literally Mamash Mayim, but it's Keilu on his Madrega. He's going to be fine, the Shiva's going to be fine. And it sounds like, if that's the answer, she accepted it, and they were fine, and he went on to pass on the Masara to the next generation with his Shiva. Uh, just to contrast, again, this is, I like quoting stories from recent history, relative recent history, Rabbi Hanun, who was one of the 
biggest Rosh Hashivas in Europe in his time. So the one famous visit, which we've quoted from before, most of the biography was written for the people who met him in America in 39 when he was here. He, when you came to America to collect, it was the last resort. He didn't want to come. He pushed it off, pushed it off, because if he goes, he can't give sheer. He doesn't want to be, and it's a long trip on a ship. And once you're here, you've got to go city to city. It's a long, it was like a year, give or take, maybe a little more. It was a long time. And Lamaisa, he breathed new life into American juries. Some of the young people who ended up being the architects of the yeshivas and the hashtadlas uh, being done, Mike Tress and all the, uh, he met Rabbi Gadal Yashar. And it's, it's amazing. Hashem, he looked at it as a gzerim and a shamayim as they pushed it off, pushed it off. The Bacham were literally starving. They came, you have a guy who makes a pitch. You got to make a pitch, you're a fundraiser. Rabbi Hanan wasn't into hyperbole. He got up in every shul where he went. He said, the Bacham are starving. I haven't paid the baker in seven months. He stopped delivering bed. That was the Metzias in Baranovich. It's hard to imagine. That. Then he went to collect and he started sending back some money. There's a famous uh, Misa that the, the yeshivas were collecting, the American Jews, Baruch Hashem. A lot of them, some of them are from, a lot of them are still from enough from a servant They remember they had a curse, a toy for what was done in the past and they, they were making terror and American Jews gave. Uh, there's a famous Misa in, if I'm remembering this correctly, this goes back many decades. This is Mamish Gears of Yankas of Mofalabos. But uh, he, during the uh, Depression, after the crash, so some people lost all their money at the crash. If you didn't lose all your money then, the economy went further down from there and everything that was around slowly slipped away. So uh, he wasn't in the market. He had a fur business, but his account kept dwindling and dwindling and he was trying to to do this business, that business, nothing was working, and he saw the account was going down every day. He finally, in the end, just took a check. The yeshivas are starving, and he took a check, he cleared out the account and wrote it. He said, this is going down, I'm, I'm, I might as well send it over there and get some schluss. Who thought like that in the early 30s? So they were mama starving, and they lived like that, and they, uh, the Wabacharim was well-known also in Hungary. Basil Chaim Zanifeld learned in Hungary before he went to Israel. Did you ever read what he, uh, when he ate tag, it was like, if you were lucky, every other day. So what did they do in the other day? Try to explain this to people. So, okay, we got that day. It was set up by a certain Balabatim every other day. What did they do in the day in between? So, oh, no problem. They probably went out to eat uh, the takeout. It's either Wesley Kosher, Malkin Kosher, or Evergreen, one of the three. Um, but they got used to fasting. So we're not holding there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But this isn't like five centuries ago. This is, uh, this is further, but this is, he's collecting, Muhammad's collecting in 39. So everything is relative. You can be sure she wasn't living high, but the question was how much and how little. And according to the Gemara, that was his answer that uh, he will not need the help. Another two lines before we go to the Peleyates. Just to finish off this segment of the Gemara, the Gemara has beautiful drushes on Asniel ben Kanaz. Uh, the Gemara wants to first figure out who is related to who. Go back to the Gemara. The end of the line is who? Kala ben Kenazu. Follow Kala ben Yefunu. Who was he? Who was his father? My Yefunu Shapanam Raglim. His godless Yeshua and Kalev pulled themselves away from everything that's going on in the Raglim, and they could have been sucked in. And it was dangerous for them, and they pulled themselves away. That's why he went to David, especially in Maras Malpela. Yeshua had a special bracha, and he felt he needed more Siat Tashmaya. And we'll see who Azuva was in a moment. He was a stepson. 
Take a look at Rashi on the left side. Uh, first, the top line of Rashi. Vakish menem ezenes, vaday lo yitztarech. Chalev told his daughter. Also, he won't need it. The siv, ha'isak ani yaseches. Isn't that interesting? Ha'isak ani yaseches, we read Beishashchau, Lael Shabbos, for the lady who's helping out and running everything in the Sadekas, and that is true on one level of Pshat. Here, the Gemara is using ha'isak ani yaseches, is the kayach ha'tayra and the schus will support them. Halidus Azuva, skip down three lines. Who's Azuva? Farish perikama disaita yud beis manalaf. Shanasa es Miriam, shaisa Azuva machmas chayli. Remember, after the Tzarah, she was still ill, even though she had her afu, she survived, and nobody wanted to marry her. Kivin Shanasi, she looked terrible. She looked like she had been through Tzarah and back. Kivin Shanasa, l'shem shamaya malav akasuk hilu yolada. Sahelidus Azuva is, he was the one who saw Miriam as the schus of marrying a Miriam, and that's why the family was so chashuv, and they had Hor who was killed al Kiddush Hashem. It's uh, very, when you know what happened with Hor, when Moshe Rabbeinu is going up to Har Sinai, we just had this, he said, anybody has any issues? And there are two people in charge. Well, afterwards, there was one person in charge, and Aaron was very afraid, not of losing his life al Kiddush Hashem, very afraid if they kill the other leader, they're never going to have a tikkun. That's why he started playing along with the plan, because Hor already wasn't alive. One more line, go back to the Gemara. Tanahu Asniel Hu Yaivitz, Mashma Yehuda Achi Shimon Shemai. Asniel Sha'ano Kel. Yaivitz Shayav Ribas Tayra Yisrael. He was the biggest Marbis Tayra the Dur. The line before is why he became the biggest Marbis Tayra the Dur. It's not only his intellect and his Hasmoda and his Cheshek and his Messiris Nefesh. He davened his heart out all the time. Sha'ano Kel. The Gemara goes on to have a lengthy description of his Trila to Hashem. I don't have time for it right now, but the tefillah is very unusual. He kept davening, I want to succeed in my learning and my asmada, my melas, and I want to be malamit to many tamidim, and I want to be my many tamidim, and Chayisrael needs a yeshiva now, and we're settling, and we need to pass on the Messiah. And he kept davening and davening, Hashem, what you daven for the most, Hashem gives you. This is the most important thing for him. That's why he was echid to this. Let's go to the Peliyayit, speaking of Isairus. We began yesterday on page Kufnun Vav. The Chiyuv, from time to time, might be daily, might be hourly, to learn how to give yourself a Seiris and give others a Seiris. We are talking about the blend of emotion and intellect and doing mitzvahs and why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the emotional component. If ultimately everything is a chayk, we explained it yesterday, so why is it, you have chukim, the medias, why is it that you need to understand anything? It's a Gzairis HaKasav, so do it because it's a Gzairis HaKasav. Why do you need to understand? The answer is, Sometimes the more of a glimpse you get into something, you have more of a cheshek to do it, and it's a very high madrega to do everything as a gzei even though Yerushalayim dictates that you have to know at the end of the day it's a gzei whether you understand it or not. But if you can get some glimpse of it, it might give you some cheshek and some simcha and certain mitzvahs. We have a, a clear understanding. Perm is about celebrating an ace nister. Pesach is about an ace nigla. All these things are to give us the simcha and the cheshek to be able to have this iris to thank HaKadosh Baruch and understand that HaKadosh Baruch is taking care of us. So the emotional component is very, very important. Second paragraph, on Kuf Nun Vav. Tev Legever. So it has to spill over to your Avedis Hashem and to those around you. Page Kuf Nun Vav, second paragraph. Tev Legever, Shiyomud, Ayemar, Lebenei Beisai. 
It's You have to be able to get other people around you excited about the Avedis Hashem. L'chol davar v'davar b'itoy. Shemitoy shemitzia davar mipiv b'harachavas l'shoin limudim. When you explain to the ability that you can and you constantly try to internalize and have them internalize the chashivas of what's going on, it'll create this excitement and keep the excitement. Learning, we just spoke about, Tamatari Kinegad Kulam. So sometimes you hear from Bachrim and from adults, it says, I don't know, I, I know it's Tamatari Kinegad Kulam, but it's not so exciting. I said, two things. First of all, if you're not excited, you don't find what you're learning interesting, you're probably not learning the right way. Learning is very exciting. We haven't run out of sugyus yet. People ask me, why do we have such interesting sugyus? It's not me, it's the sugyus. I said, because we, we will not be running out anytime soon of interesting sugyus. Now, can you have uh, what some people call, I don't use the lotion, a dry sugya? No, not really. Uh, it looks dry because you don't really get into the lumdis. You need to be umol and understand the depths of a sugya to the extent, uh, the ability you have and the time you have, which is why we try to go slow no matter what we're doing, whether that's Novi with all the Gemaras and Chazals, uh, whether it's a sugya, whether it's a Gemara, whether it's a Lalocha, it doesn't make a difference. You have to have an excitement. And number two, even if you're not so excited, then you have to fall back and internalize that every word you say is building your Elam Haba and it's Talmatari Kenegad Kulam. And that ex- itself is exciting even if you don't really understand or appreciate the exact line that you're on. So both those parallel tracks will keep everybody with the proper hysteris. And as the Peliot is saying, you have to convey that to your family. Uh, since it's Shaz of Rocham Adar, so a uh, common Shaila I get by Bidikas Chametz. More than Shleshem Yem, but uh, it's the same season according to Rashi. So, should we use a candle? So, we can explain very clearly why technically you probably don't need a candle. The electric lights, flashlights might do a great job. I always advise people take your flashlight, you can keep on the lights. Some people turn off the lights, they find they can focus better, different men hug him. Lamaisi, you take a candle, it adds a certain excitement, and we have a Maseira, and why take something out of the Maseira if it's part of the Maseira already and it doesn't hurt, certainly, and it's always better to attach yourself to what the Minig was. If it doesn't apply and it's doing damage to what you're trying to accomplish, okay, but it doesn't do damage. So I usually tell people, Alpidin is not a Chiv, but why not go around with both? And the same thing to spill over the Hesairus in Yerushamayim, that an Avera is cyanide. Don't mince words. I remember we had a few weeks ago, we were talking about that funny, interesting, possible alternative medicine that had one part per trillion of trillions of trillions. And um, most people, I asked, said, there's nothing in there. And I asked them, if cyanide was in there in these parts, would you touch it? And some people said no. Why? Because who wants to go near it? That's Yerushalayim. And it's got to be chazad over all the time. And as you give it over to your children and you tell me them, it'll create this iris within you as well, because when you give it over, you have to have it clear in your mind, and that's the pshat tamidei yesem 
Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we will continue next week.